Hey guys, and welcome to episode 31 of Life Simply Better. If you are new here, I'm Zoe Galitzis, and I coach busy working moms on how to get more done in less time and find time for what matters most. And today we are going to talk about a life of luxury. What do you think, my friends? Are you living a life of luxury right now? I am so excited to talk about this topic. And this actually came up from a journal entry that I have from a little over a month ago. And it's something that's just been percolating in my brain since then and has really been this concept that has opened me up to really recognizing a lot more of the abundance that's already in my life because you know we already have a lot and being comfortable taking even more of that. And I love it because as I'm going through this process of taking more and being able to receive more abundance in my life and recognize that, I see myself at the same time creating even more in the world and and showing up even more the way that I want to. And I love that. This entry is actually from just a little bit before I decided to launch the client membership program, which I'm super excited about. I won't spend time talking about it now, but um, I'm just really excited about it. And I feel like I'm really putting more out there than I have in the past with this program. And it's all because I have filled up my tank first. And that's what a life of luxury is to me. So I'm going to read my journal entry back from early February, and then I'm just going to talk through this concept a little bit more and, and some of the things that I've been thinking about over the past month and a half. And I hope it's helpful to you I encourage you to think about uh, what a life of luxury looks like to you. Of course, this is just my take on it, and you can think about how this looks in your own life. So here's the specific thing that I wrote in my journal in February. I said, I could tell the story of this life of luxury that I have already created for myself that I love but I don't tell that story because I'm uncomfortable with the story of creating luxury for myself because I think it is unfair to people who have less and greedy. Isn't that so interesting? I was just stream of consciousness journaling and out it came that, yeah, I already do have an incredible amount of luxury for myself in my life, but as I go through my day, That's not always the story I tell myself, right? I tell a story about how busy everything is and how frantic things are and how the kids are acting ridiculous and I'm overwhelmed and I'll never be able to get this done. I, I tell this totally other story about my life that is not a life of luxury. And I think some of that is habit and human nature, right? But some of it is also just my discomfort with owning the fact that I have so much because I think if I admit how much I have, it might make me a greedy or selfish person. And so I want to talk more about that concept. But first, I want to talk about the stories we tell about ourselves. So your experience of your life is based on the story you tell about it, not on your circumstances. We could tell so many different stories 
about our lives, right? I could tell one story about my amazing family and my amazing career and how fortunate we are and how great my husband is. And I could tell another story about how busy I am and how my job is high stress and how my kids are annoying and how my husband always doesn't always do what I want him to do, right? And so we have these different extremes and obviously it fluctuates from day to day and even throughout the day, right? But it's important to recognize that at any given point in time in anyone's life, there are multiple ways we could tell that story. So it's really good to know like what story are you telling about your life right now? If your life were a book, what would the title be, right? Would it be, I have way too much to do? Or would it be, this is amazing or somewhere in between? So understanding what is the story that you're telling yourself. And then once you see that, understanding why you're choosing to tell that story, why that one, when there's so many options, why do we land where we land? And I think there's a couple of things here. I think, you know, some of it is just conditioning and what we heard growing up. A lot of times the same stories our parents told about their lives, we just unconsciously adopted as children. And we tell those same stories in our lives. Even when our circumstances change, we still end up kind of playing the same old tapes over and over. Or maybe we rebelled against our parents and we made a conscious choice that I'm going to tell this totally different story. And maybe some of that's helpful, but maybe there's some things with that story too that aren't really serving you. Society gives us all kinds of stories that we tell about ourselves, right? One that I think about with women in particular all the time is the story that our society tells women about how they should look and what they should weigh. And that seeps into all of our psyches as we get exposed to it over and over again. And think about all the women who are telling themselves this story of they're being fat and they're not fat at all. And even, <laughs> even however you define fat, even if they are, who cares, right? But we make it into this big deal. We have this really unrealistic standard that we compare to and we tell ourselves these stories about our bodies and our appearance that are totally based on this narrative that we get from society that is not actually grounded in reality and not at all helpful. So that's where we get stories. We get stories from our, our parents, from our environments, and kind of from our reactions to both of those, right, as we're growing up. I think another reason that we choose the stories that we tell ourselves is so that we can create an identity that is comfortable to us. So for example, if we equate luxury for the topic of this podcast, if we equate luxury with greed and selfishness, or maybe we were taught to only take your fair share and you know, people who take more than their fair sh- share, people that have more than others are, are bad people or are greedy. If that's what we've been taught, then that's not going to be a comfortable identity for us to think and identify ourselves as having a lot or having more than others. 
And so we choose our stories too to be stories that keep us comfortable, to keep us in an identity that we feel comfortable with. But through all of this, it's just really good to know that we are grown-ups now and we can tell different stories if we so choose. So these stories that we tell ourselves, they're just thoughts. They're just sentences in our brain that we think about ourselves. They're not, uh, even if they've been around for a long time, it's not like they're rooted in this very deep part of our brain and they're extra hard to dig out or change. They're just repetitive thoughts that we have about ourselves. And they're completely up for grabs if we want to change them. So let's talk about telling the story of a life of luxury. Because again, that's the focus for this episode. And I shared at the beginning, you know, I realized that I really felt uncomfortable with that story of myself living a life of luxury. Even though I could produce plenty of evidence for it, it would be easy for me to tell that story. It was still like I didn't want to. But when I realized that, I thought, you know, I don't know that that's really serving me. And it it got me thinking about like, what is luxury? What is the story that I want to tell? So let's talk about what is luxury. And I'm going to talk about the basics of luxury as I see it, and then beyond the basics. So when I say the basics of luxury, I'm really thinking about those things that probably everyone listening to this podcast has in their life. So a hot shower, clean drinking water, electricity, you have an iPhone or some other amazing device that you can just listen to a podcast on. How cool is that, right? Just all of these things that, again, probably most of my audience has in their life. Another example for me would just be like the basics of snuggling with my kids, right? And that is luxury to me. A hot shower is luxury to me. Those things are amazing. And if they were taken out of our lives, we would be like, wow, I really missed that. That was so good. And it doesn't take much, right? Like even without the iPhone, even just if we took like hot shower, clean drinking water, you know, a a roof over your head, some of those real basics, that's where we derive most of our basic physical happiness from, right? Like, of course, what creates happiness is our thoughts, but certain circumstances can make it easier or harder to think happy thoughts, right? And there are those fundamental human basics, enough food to eat, clean drinking water, a shelter that contributes so much to our happiness just with those basics. And there's a book that I highly recommend called Doing Good Better by Will McCaskill. And the book talks about how can we maximize our contribution in the world, whether it's through charitable giving, whether it's through doing work that gives back. And it's a very interesting book. He looks at it very, very methodically in terms of trying to figure out for himself and then sharing with his readers his view of how you can do the most good in the world. But at the beginning of the book, it just focuses on like, what is good? What is the good that we can do? And, and how do people 
uh, how do people perceive their own happiness and their own well-being? And he quotes a study that talks about the fact that a doubling of income, so when your income doubles, that will always increase the subject's well-being by the same amount. So people self-reporting, how happy are you? How much well-being do you have? The increase in that will always be the same when income doubles. So for example, if your income goes from $1,000 a year a year to $2,000 a year, you will have a certain amount on average of an increase in happiness. They did a study on this. That amount of increase, that growth in happiness, was the same going from $1,000 a year to $2,000 a year as it was going from $100,000 a year to $200,000 a year, the marginal increase that you experienced. So what that means is by, you know, giving someone who's making $1,000 a year an extra thousand bucks, they can experience this incredible increase in happiness, right? From having those extra funds and just being able to get more of the basics. And to replicate that same amount of increase for someone making $100,000, you would have to give them a whole extra $100,000 to increase their happiness by the same amount. If you gave them an extra $1,000 and they were already making $100, they would probably be like, oh, thanks. Okay. Whereas if you gave someone making $1,000 an extra $1,000, it would completely change their life, right? So what that means and what I take from that is that, you know, you don't have to get too far on the income scale to get most of the things that you're going to derive happiness from. So when I think about how much I made when I was fresh out of college and how much I made now, and those numbers are significantly different. You know, what I make now is a lot higher than what I made coming out of college. But how much happiness did that money really get me? Probably not that much, right? Because what I made out of college was already enough to have a place to stay and have, like we said, clean water and food to eat and all those basics that make up the majority of the happiness that we feel from those, again, those physical basics. So why don't we appreciate the basics more? Why don't we get into the shower every morning and think, oh my gosh, this is the best thing ever, a hot shower, instead of getting in and starting to immediately think about the meetings we have that day and the things we're stressed about and the things we need to plan to get the kids where they need to be. Why can't we just jump into that hot shower and see it for the amazingness it is? Well, I think part of that, again, is just human nature. You know, we get desensitized to it over time of just experiencing that every single day. There's another concept called the hedonic treadmill that talks about how, you know, each time we get an increase in kind of our our wealth and our privilege, we get desensitized to it and just want more and more and more. So there's that concept. But I think there's another really important driver here. And I, I think the other important thing to consider that we don't always consider is, are we comfortable of receiving that goodness and that luxury? That's a really great question to ask because I think a lot of us and a lot of the women 
that, you know, I, I know or I've worked with as a coach, we don't feel deserving. We have doubts about our own self-worth. We have doubts about our own value in the world. And because of that, we don't feel deserving of happiness or of luxury or of decadence or whatever you want to call it. And so those thoughts completely get in the way of us being able to enjoy just the basics of what we have. You know, if you could really feel deserving and worthy, you might treat and appreciate some of those basics a little bit differently if you were all in on yourself deserving them and you were all in on the idea of you being a woman and a person who deserved to have this amazingly incredible life, right? Like, can you go all in on yourself in that way? I just think it's a great question to ask yourself. Are you comfortable receiving the luxury that already exists in your life? So those are the basics. I also want to talk a little bit about luxury beyond the basics. And this goes even beyond the hot shower and the clean drinking water and the snuggles with our kids to like even extras beyond that. So when I think about this for myself, I think about, um, you know, purchasing a new car for the first time a few years ago, which totally didn't need to do, totally could have gotten it used. And that's what I had always done before, but I got a new car and I... For me, in that moment, I just loved having that new car. And it's still a great car. I'm sure it's probably the car my son will learn to drive in in eight years. But, you know, it's just been awesome. And I really genuinely enjoyed it. Total splurge, right? Another thing would be um, recently I made a change in my schedule at work. So now I'm working 80% full-time instead of 100% full-time in my corporate job. And I have Fridays to work in my coaching practice. And just knowing that even though my coaching business is very new and so I'm at the point that I'm pretty much going to be investing anything I make right back into the business, but still being able to go to 80% and have that luxury of working four days a week and still having financial security, that's a luxury beyond the basics. Another luxury beyond the basics for me is getting my inbox empty every day and having time at work where I'm just doing nothing, even when other people are busy working. So some of these places, right, this gets really challenging because it would be so easy to think, well, I don't deserve to have this time doing nothing. Look at people around me. They're still working hard or Maybe I'm being greedy to buy a new car. Maybe I'm being selfish to go to this 80% schedule and instead of continuing to contribute to my company um, full-time. And so all of these thoughts pop up, right? Our discomfort with receiving more, our discomfort with taking more. So another question to ask yourself kind of one level up is, are you comfortable taking things that not everyone has? Again, we immediately start to associate this with greed and selfishness. But I want, to, I want to ask what the alternative is. If we're not comfortable taking things that other people don't have, first of all, that's pretty much impossible, right? Because there's people in the world who are living 
with almost nothing. And we, we all know that, again, anyone listening to this podcast is in the top, top percentiles of uh, economic wealth from a worldwide perspective. But I want to say, even, even in our peer group, right, if we're feeling like, oh, I'm taking more than my fair share, and so I'm not going to take as much for myself, where does that get us? I think that doesn't actually get us more fairness. I don't think that actually helps other people. I think all that attitude gets us of being like, ooh, I'm not going to take more than my fair share. I think all that gets us is resentment, feeling stifled, and not living to our potentials. So what does happen when you are willing to take things for yourself, to fill up your tank first, to own the luxury you already have, to bring even more luxury into your life? I think what you get from that is what I call service from surplus. And that means that when you, again, fill up your tank first, you take what you want and can understand that that's not taking from someone else, then you can create amazing results in the world. When you fill yourself up and you own the luxury that's already in your life and you're open to receiving even more of it, what happens is that you get energized and recharged and you start to contribute. Again, you know, we can look at the example of the open space that I'm willing to put into my life. That open space is what allows me to gain clarity and perspective and think about what I want to teach and share with the world. And that just doubles back into the value that I put back into the world. And it becomes this cycle, not of taking more abundance for myself and thereby disadvantaging someone else, it becomes a cycle of taking abundance for myself and turning that back into even more value that I can put out into the world. And ultimately, that's what drives us forward as a human species. So I want you to think, what if there is no pie to slice up? What if you're taking more doesn't mean someone else getting less? And you can think about this through history, right? Like think about what we have now it, worldwide as a, as a human species that we didn't have 100 years ago or 1,000 years ago. So much, right? Like we still have, you know, important concerns in the world that should be addressed. We still have people living in extreme poverty and underprivilege. But if you look across everyone, the rate of poverty and the level of poverty is much less than it was even 50 years ago. And so it's not a fixed pie. It's not a fixed pie of abundance that we slice up and give to each other and some people get more and some people get less. It's a pie that can expand. And the way we create a bigger and bigger pie is by taking what we want for ourselves and then enjoying that, which creates a surplus of energy and ideas and creativity that we put back into the world. And I think that is the best. And so I don't think living a life of luxury is greedy or selfish 
or unfair. I think living a life of luxury is something that is a wonderful way to show up as your best in the world. And the other thing I will say is that I think when we let ourselves actually experience luxury, let ourselves ex actually receive um, what we have in our lives, it doesn't turn into this, you know, wanton spending and overconsumption. I think it's just cultivating this ability in ourselves to really appreciate what we already have and add things in that really are meaningful to us. So I don't think there's a risk <laughs> like you're, you're being like, okay, I'm going to live a life of luxury. And then you go and, you know, buy everything on the face of the earth, right? And take baths and champagne every day. I, I don't think that's how it works. I think that people who do that actually have some other issues of scarcity to work through. What I'm talking about is cultivating this sense of true abundance in your life, both the basics, clean drinking water, hot showers, snuggles with your kids, and even beyond that, when it comes to taking some more time for yourself than you feel like um, you're quote unquote allowed to, or doing other things that you just really doing them just for the pure enjoyment of it. So I encourage you in closing to think about what does a life of luxury look like to you? And are you willing to own that story? Are you willing to tell a story about yourself that you have a life of luxury that you deserve that, that you're worth that, that it's not greedy, it's actually going to help other people, and that you can take even more, which will lead to even more contributions. I'd love you to think about that. Let me know what you think. Let me know what you come up with. I'm so curious to know if you guys think, <laughs> if this is a thing for you too, because it totally was for me. And so it's a great thing to think about I hope all of you have a luxurious week ahead of you. I will talk to you again on Tuesday and have a wonderful week.